morning. I'm Jim Knapp. I'm on your board of trustees. I've just got a few announcements for you this morning. If you are on electronic media of any sort and want to check in that you're at Unity Minneapolis on social media, please do so and then please silence your device so we have this sacred hour of service together. Thank you very much. This afternoon at one o'clock, we'll have a brief informational meeting about Unity going to Greece in May of 2020. So it sounds exciting. So if you're interested in knowing just a little bit more about that, at one o'clock today, you can find out about May 2020, our trip to Greece. Monday night is the first class of Lessons in Truth, which is a required for anyone interested in board qualifications or interested in joining the board, you need to complete Lessons in Truth. If you are interested in learning more about being a candidate for the Board of Trustees, there is an informational meeting on Tuesday, Tuesday, December 2nd at 6 p.m. This Thursday evening, one of our members, Gretchen Hagel, will lead a climate reality presentation as part of a global conversation of truth, climate reality presentation by Catherine, by Gretchen. Join her at 7 p.m. in the Friendship Hall. Friday evening is MBT Community, with a focus on local community activism and artistry. It's 7 p.m. in the Fillmore Room. That's Friday and 7 in the Fillmore Room. Several holiday notes, they're coming up, so listen tightly. Step, stop by the Giving Tree for Prism families in the Garden Court. We invite you to take a gift request card uh, for a child, maybe pick up one or two. Then bring back your new unwrapped gift by December 8th and brighten a child's Christmas. Next Sunday is Gratitude Sunday and we're all together now with kids joining their parents in the service. The Four Gospel series returns with the hidden messages within the miracles of Jesus next Sunday at 1.30. And at five o'clock next Sunday, Lori, Judy, and Rachel come together for a joyful gratitude concert Tickets are $15 and will be available at the door. <clears throat> Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving Eve is Wednesday, of course, before Thanksgiving, November 27th, is our annual Thanks 
living, thanks, living service, which includes spiritual communion and is followed by a simple supper of a shared meal of soup and bread. So please consider that the night before Thanksgiving. Also, don't miss our Christmas Eve services. As always, Christmas Eve is on December 24th. You probably know that, right? And Christmas Eve services are at 5 and 9, 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. That's a change for us this year, so 5 o'clock and 9 o'clock Christmas Eve services. Please note those new times. And anything else you'd like to know about coming up, please sign up for the electronic newsletter in the Garden Court to receive a weekly, on Thursdays, a peak of the week of upcoming activities here at Unity Minneapolis. And now let's turn to Kevin Hodala, who will lead us in prayer. Allow yourself to just settle in. Please join me in this prayer. Feel yourself calming and centering into this present moment, knowing fully that all is in divine order. Inhale and focus on feelings of gratitude and joy. Cultivate a sense of calm and stillness. Sweet Spirit, we are filled with a sense of gratitude for the gift of life and the opportunity to live wholeheartedly. We give thanks for the gift of this day and all the opportunities that it brings. We are especially grateful for Unity Minneapolis and our powerful vision of transforming the world through love, peace, and compassion. We open our minds to insights and learning. We open our hearts to a sense of purpose, enthusiasm, and play. And it is with great joy that we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Once again, thank you, God. Let's celebrate this day. Stand as you are able for our opening song, God, You Are. The words are in your bulletin. Earth and sky, God, you are every moment. 
Good morning. morning. Welcome. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today, and especially to our streaming audience. Welcome to you. Uh, You might have been expecting Reverend Pat, who uh, was away on a vacation, and he brought a souvenir back, an unexpected virus bug stomach. So uh, we scrambled last evening, and, and all is well. All is in divine order. So... Yes, with me on that. So, as you probably know, uh, Unity uh, provides practical teachings that help us live meaningful, prosperous, and healthy lives. And uh, we also enjoy uh, welcoming each other and welcoming our guests, especially. So, if you are here for the first, second, or third time visiting us, we ask that you take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I am. Any courage? I see a little courage over there. Yes. Yes, welcome. That rose is a gift from our congregation, so we can recognize you and extend a personal welcome. And in that packet also, there's a lot of information about Unity Minneapolis. All of that's important, but one of the most important things that is said on this platform each and every Sunday is this. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, Wherever that may be, you are welcome here. Thank you for joining us. We also, yeah, a little appreciation. We also kind of enjoy greeting each other. So we tend to do that with a handshake, a hug, or namaste. Please ask before you hug. Greet each other, please. Please take a seat. If you didn't get to that person you wanted to greet, you can stick around after service and join us in Friendship Hall. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Reverend Pat and Unity Minneapolis over the years has supported many ministerial students. And those students have gone to be ordained and done wonderful things in the world. So I don't know about you, but I'm really proud to be part of a community that supports our next generation of leadership. Yeah. That said, your service today is uh, being facilitated by three ministerial students. <laughs> and we promise you are in good hands. Yes. <laughs> and as a ministerial student, you are also encouraged or demanded that you be flexible and adaptable. So uh, our, our lesson today is going to be provided by Jim and our meditation by his wife, Lisa. So please settle in and let's prepare. Yeah. Let's uh, prepare for the reading of the daily word. We now move more deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. 
As the usher brings down the prayer box, you're invited to mentally add your prayers to the box, written requests. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is divine order. My life unfolds in divine order. Examples of order and progression are all around me. The seasons, the tides, and all cycles of growth are happening in perfect sequence. Trying to rush the process or skip a step would create a disruption of this progression in nature. Like the seasons and tides, divine order guides my life's unfoldment. I take my cue from the natural world and don't try to rush my growth or take shortcuts to reach my goals. Instead, I awaken to divine order, realizing it helps keep my life in balance. With gratitude, I affirm divine order as I bless my mind and physical body for serving me so well. Acting on the guidance I receive from divine mind, I affirm divine order in all I accomplish. Mark 4.18 tells us, the earth produces of itself first stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. The word for today is divine order. This day as it is, God. 
On the strains of that beautiful song, I invite you to journey a little deeper within. Take this moment to sit back, relax a little bit more, gently close your eyes, and take a long, slow, intentional breath in. Feeling that air fill your lungs, and then as you gently and slowly release, feel yourself settle in just a little deeper, a little quieter. Myrtle Fillmore once said, we should not draw the strings of this instrument of spirit so tight that the music of the soul cannot find expression. A period of quiet and rest each day is your opportunity to establish yourself at the center of your being, the one place where the supply of life and substance is inexhaustible. Take this quiet moment to notice your thoughts. You don't need to change them. You don't need to engage with them. Just notice what thoughts are present, like an observer. Notice how you're feeling. What feelings are up for you this morning? Again, you don't need to engage or change them at all. Just notice. Now imagine a clearing beginning to appear. A quiet, open clearing where there is quiet and stillness. And you step into that clearing And let's take the next few minutes to just experience 
this clean, wide, gentle, quiet opening in the silence. And then gently, easily, allowing that clean, wide space to come forward with you as you bring your consciousness back to this room, back to this place and this time, knowing that space is always available for you to be refreshed to rejuvenate, to play. Knowing the power and the light and the glory and the joy that we have within us, we say, thank you, God. Thank you. And amen.
It's a quiet thing A very quiet That was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. I don't know if you are aware of how historic today is. And I'm, I'm, I'm using that word historic because years from now when they ask you, where were you during that Seminary student service of 2019. <laughs> you were right here. You were right here. This is out of the ordinary, um, but I am very grateful to be serving with Kevin and Lisa today. It is my honor, and yes, like Kevin said, it is, it is our honor to be able to serve this church and, and everything that you give us in terms of support and energy. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. We do want to bless Reverend Pat and all those that aren't feeling well today. And that, that's one of the reasons I think that we have a, a streaming service. He can be at home. He can, he can participate in this service. And um, he can keep that bug where he's at. <laughs> so, um, so that's a good thing. So 
but we do want to bless them. We do want to, we want to bless them with health and energy, and we're, we're going to talk about play and fun today, so hopefully he will feel good enough to indulge in that play and energy in the next few, in the next few days. And speaking of not feeling well, last week, toward the end of last week, I was shedding, I was getting rid of some stuff myself, I was, but I was feeling better. I was sick, I was feeling better, and I participate, I, I have a, a Thursday night class that I attend at the community college, and it's a four-hour class and, um, on Thursday nights, and I was getting better, feeling pretty good. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't 100%, and I was thinking that, well, maybe I, I just won't go. But remember that she, our teacher was very strict about being there every single week. So I was thinking, well, you know what, I, I'm going to show up. She's going to see, she's going to see that I'm not feeling so well. And, and, and maybe after the first 45 minutes, then, you know, then I can just scoot out and, and come home and, and, and go to bed early, right? So I get to, you know, I make the drive, I get to uh, Century College out there and get into the, walk into the room, and half of the other students are sick. <laughs> they're coughing, they're sneezing. The teacher herself can barely talk. The room smells like Vicks VapoRub. <laughs> I knew right then there was going to be no sympathy for me. No sympathy for me. So I stayed the full four hours, and, uh, and it was worth it. So that was, that was for me. Celebrating play and rest is what we're going to talk about today. And if you take away nothing else but this message, this is what I want you to hear. That letting go of exhaustion, anxiety, and self-doubt can be the healthiest thing that we do. Let me repeat that again. Letting go of exhaustion, anxiety, and self-doubt can be the healthiest thing that we do. So we're going to do a couple different things. Since this is the last Sunday of our book series, we've been talking about Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. We're going to quickly review what we've talked about in previous weeks and then this celebrating with play and rest is going to be our last topic that we, that we talk about in this series. So the six topics that we've already talked about, being authentic, having self-compassion, cultivating resilience, creating gratitude and joy, embracing intuition and faith, Nurturing creativity. Those are things we've talked about, and, and some of those we've talked about during the week as well. And then finally, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into celebrating with play and rest. So, let's, let's talk about those six things just briefly within Brene Brown's book. Being authentic was the first guidepost, and she calls them guideposts. Being authentic means letting go of what other people think. Letting go of what other people think. And here's the quote that she uses to illustrate that. Often people attempt to live their lives backwards. They try to have more things, more money, in order to do more of what they want so that they will be happier. 
The way it actually works is in the reverse. You must first be who you are, then do what you really need to in order to have what you want. Does that make sense? You have to be authentic in who you are, and then happiness comes. It's not the other way around. You struggle, and then finally, after everything, then you get to be who you really are. You have to be who you really are and let go of what other people think. Number two, having self-compassion. Having self-compassion, Brene Brown tells us, is letting go of perfectionism. Learning to recognize, learning to recognize when good is good enough. Doesn't that sound like a more healthy way of, rather than everything being perfect, driving yourself crazy, recognizing when good is good enough. Number three, cultivating a resilient spirit. Reverend Pat talked about this one, letting go of numbing and powerlessness. Brene Brown tells us in her studies, because she is a research scientist, so she puts these things together after interviewing thousands of people, that there are, the, there are five common factors of resilient people. Number one, they are resourceful. Number two, they seek help when they need it. Three, belief that they can do something. They're not helpless. Four, they have a social support network when they need it. And five, they connect with other people. That's, those are the traits of a resilient person. Again, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on these that we've already, but number four, creating gratitude and joy. This is the one that I spoke on a few weeks ago. That is letting go of scarcity and fear. Brene Brown writes that without exception, every person I interviewed who described living a joyful life or who described themselves as being joyful actively participated, no, actually act, practiced gratitude. It was a practice. It wasn't just a belief. It was an actual practice that, that, they, that they used. She also says that for years I subscribed to the notion that an attitude of gratitude was all that I needed. I've since learned that that attitude is an orientation of a way of thinking and that I need a gratitude practice. So having an attitude of gratitude is nice, and we have talked about that in Unity before, but actually practicing gratitude is more important than simply having that attitude. It's putting feet on those beliefs and actually doing. Number five, we've got six total here, but number five, embracing intuition and trusting faith. Part of that is letting go of the need for certainty. And that kind of makes sense, right? Faith is kind of letting go for that need of scientific certainty. Letting go for the need of certainty. Brene Brown calls this intuition or this faith a whisper. A whisper that we would hear or a gut feeling 
She calls them those two things. Within unity, we talk about divine ideas. Hearing those divine ideas after we've gone into the silence. That's what intuition is for us. Moving into the silence, becoming open, and hearing, listening for the truth. Number six, nurturing creativity, letting go of comparison. The question is, can we let go of judgment and conformity and nurture an unbridled originality within our lives? As we stop comparing ourselves to others outside, stop comparing him and her, but letting that creativity actually bubble up within our lives. And then what we're going to talk about today, a little bit deeper, celebrating with play and rest. This is letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity <laughs> as self-worth. And don't you know people that do that? Oh, I'm so busy, right? All the time, it's... What's going on in your life? Oh, I'm just so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. And it's almost as if that busyness is that badge of honor. That if somehow they weren't busy in their friend's eyes or, or somebody else, then they'd somehow be considered like a slacker or something, right? So it is that badge of honor for somebody. It's a status symbol to always be busy, always be crazy and running, rushing around. But also that productivity. How do you feel? At least I do. I create a list of things I want to do during the day. That's how I get things done. Um, and, and I might have a dozen things on my list. Is my self-worth based on actually checking off all 12 of those items? Well, in the past, I'm going to say it has. <laughs> and I hear a couple of yeses out here. So you're right with me, or I'm right with you, either way. But it would be much healthier if it wasn't. Let's just say you got half of them done. You got six things done today. Celebrate that. And don't beat yourself up over those things. Productivity is of self-worth and letting that go, not comparing yourself to your own list. I know that for us, for, for Kevin and for Lisa, we, we have online classes that we attend for Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. These classes are amazing because, well, first of all, because they're online and we have students from around the world. So we may be signing online and there's a student from Melbourne, Australia. There's one from Vancouver, British Columbia. There's one from... California and Monterey Bay, uh, Hartford, Connecticut. They're all over the place, and we get to see each other's faces. We get to raise our hands and ask questions. And for a lot of these classes, the first thing that we do is we do a check-in. Similar to our classes sometimes, we'll do a check-in. And it's starting to become a habit to where each of the students do that same thing. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy, right? I've... I've got school, and I've got work, and I've got family. 
and I've got relationships and my friends, all, everybody's vying for my time. But rather than simply complaining about it, what I'm saying is we not judge ourselves based on how busy we think we are and gain self-worth from that. So that's my example of that online class with, with my fellow students. Not exactly sure how I'm going to talk them into letting go of that. It seems to become a habit, but... Brene Brown's subtitle is called A Guide to Wholehearted Life. And that's where we want to get to, is that wholehearted life. She was talking within her book that at, when she was interviewing with these folks, with these thousands of folks, and coming up with these, with these generalities and these definitions, there was something that was common among these people that she couldn't figure out. Some of the things that they were doing felt like fooling around to her. It felt like they were just having fun. <laughs> or they just wanted to hang out with friends. And she was thinking, as a type A person, she was thinking, what's up with this? And yet she came to recognize that this is a healthy attribute to have. Fooling around, having fun, hanging out with friends. And she gave it the title, play. Playing. Like a kid, even as a, an adult, we need to be able to let go of work and play every once in a while. I know that as a kid, play for us was unstructured. It was... There was no goal that we had to accomplish. We would do things like, I mean, I, I think of the things that we would do on a summer. We'd get with our friends and we'd walk around the neighborhood and we would, we, we would judge the trees for their climbability, <laughs> right? And we would say, wow, that's a, that's a five over there. That's a seven. That's pretty good. There's an eight. And then we'd all run and see who could climb up the tree the, first, you know, the, the easiest unstructured, without a goal. Those are the things we did. See how long we could pop a wheelie on our bicycle. Those were the things that we would do unstructured as a kid. And I know that um, my brothers and I would probably drive my mom crazy after a while being inside. And so she was always, always saying, go outside and play. I don't know about your parents, but my mom was always telling us, go outside and play. She didn't know how healthy that was, right? She, I was, she was probably just getting us out of her hair. But she definitely didn't say, go outside and have some unstructured fun and accomplish no goal. <laughs> she just said, go outside and play. And I appreciate, from, I appreciate that from my mom. Do not let your to-do list dictate your happiness as well. And learn how to respectfully say no not only to other people, because we've talked about this in the past as well, not only learn how to say no to other people who are asking things of you, and no thank you is that full sentence, correct? But learn how to say no to even your own to-do list. Brene Brown talks about you've created your to-do list, and maybe it's a carryover from the day before, maybe it's a brand new list of 12 things. 
after working on stuff for a few hours, maybe you cross something off with not doing it, cross something off and replace it with fun or cross it off and replace it with take a nap, something else, go for a walk. Be flexible with your list. Know how to say no even to your own to-do list. And if you have a tough time being spontaneous with moments of play, in other words, you get working on your list and you just can't let go until it's all the way complete, I, I totally understand. What you might want to do is you might want to schedule those things. Use your calendar, and I don't care, I don't know, maybe it's three times a week, you schedule in 20 minutes of play. And that play can be whatever is unstructured and non-goal-oriented as you'd like. Maybe it's working the crossword puzzle that day. Maybe it's, I don't know, downloading a new app on your phone. Maybe it's doodling on a, a piece of paper for 20 minutes. Buy yourself a coloring book and a box of crayons. That's a wonderful way as adults that we can play. Our body needs rest, right? Physically, we need sleep in order to function. Brene Brown is saying that within her research, we also need, similar to sleep, we also need to play in order to keep our work at top notch. If we just continue work, 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 work without any breaks, because what that play does is it resets the mind, it resets the brain, and allows us to come back 100% to our work when we're done. So we need to learn, and maybe it's scheduling that 20 minutes of coloring in, because when we return back to that, our work will be that much more productive. Letting go of exhaustion, anxiety, and self-doubt can be the healthiest things that we do. The healthiest things that we do. So we've talked about Brene Brown's previous six things. We've talked about celebrating with play and rest today, about letting go of that badge of honor of always having to be busy and actually having some unstructured fun. Maybe even putting something on the calendar in order to do that as well. Letting go of exhaustion, anxiety, and self-doubt can be the healthiest things that we do. So, I'm going to challenge you this week this is your take home. This is your challenge. Just like we need to sleep, we also need to play. So schedule something or do something spontaneous. Do something unstructured next week. That's, that's your goal. But what I'm going to tell you is let me know. Come next week and, and whisper in my ear something that you did for fun. I would love to hear 200 different things that you guys did. That would be, for me, that would be awesome. I would love to hear what everyone does 
differently in terms of play. So if you're brave enough, come and let me know next week what you did to play. We keep all, again, we keep all those that aren't feeling well, Reverend Pat, all those at home, all those streaming that may not be feeling 100%. We keep you in prayer. And maybe there's a jar of Vicks VapoRub in your future as well. (laughs) Thank you very much. so excited for this I do too. I just feel it.
time for our offering. If you are streaming with us, you are welcome to make a gift through our secure website. I invite you just to get in touch with a sense of gratitude, a sense of appreciation, a sense of play. Our offertory blessing is found in the order of service. I will say it once. I'll ask you to say it with me and then silently. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And now silently. Sweet Spirit, we bless these gifts. We bless the gifts that have been received in the mail. We bless all those who participate in our consistent giving program. We bless all these gifts knowing that we have the power to bless. And what we bless multiplies. We see these gifts going forth and helping to fulfill our vision of a transformed world. So it is. Amen. We have a special announcement. Michael, come on up. Thank you, Kevin. Good morning, everyone. I was asked, we are kicking off our annual giving campaign, and I was asked to talk for a minute or give a testimony on why I personally give. So I really had to rack my brain this week about why I personally give. I've gone through some evolution. I was raised Catholic, and I learned some really good things there, and I also absorbed some things in a rather twisted way. And 
when I was growing up, I gave because I thought I should. I gave because if I didn't give, I was going to burn in H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> so that's one reason for giving. It's an old reason. <laughs> it's not a bad reason, but it's a reason. Um, I also... Uh, at one point gave because I've been a member here since 1991. I have my kids were christened here. I've cried here. I've laughed here. And for a while, I thought I owed unity something. And I, now I'm at a consciousness where, you know what I owe unity for my past? Nothing. I don't owe them a dime. So I don't give for what I owe. Uh, I don't give out of obligation. And I don't give because I think I should. So I've been racking my brain with, why do I give this week? And I read a passage in Charles Fillmore, written in 1936, wrote a, this lovely book called Prosperity. And there's a little chapter in here I'm just going to read. Jesus said that it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. This doesn't mean that it's hard because of wealth. For the poor person gets in no faster and no easier. And if you've ever been poor, maybe you understand that. It's not money, but the thoughts people hold about money. Money's source, money's ownership, and money's use that keep you out of the kingdom. It's source, it's ownership, and it's use. Your thoughts of money are like your thoughts of all possession. So I'm going to talk a little bit about source, ownership, and use as to why I give. Source, one power, God the absolute, the good. Not a person who is good, absolute good. Personally, I have tried so many paths to peace and happiness. Beautiful song, by the way, happiness. I've tried every path that I can think of. Started when I was in my youth, I started with drugs and alcohol. And I have searched the bottom of every bottle of alcohol for happiness, and I have not found it yet. <laughs> then I tried food. I tried sleep. I tried relationships. And I've tried things. I've tried being a consumer. I've tried to buy my way to happiness. And I have yet to find the thing that I can buy that gives me lasting happiness. When you find that thing, let me know, because I want to buy that. <laughs> my riding lawnmower came pretty close. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I've also tried... Um, prayer, meditation, and serving others. And that has gotten me much closer to happiness and much closer to my source. And I think I've found my source. And I think I've found the meaning of God is my source. And I try to remember that most of the time. Most of the time I can remember it. I'm not perfect, frequently forget. So I encourage you to find your source. And for me, God has no competitor. I've tried every other source. I can't find a, a better one. Now I want to talk about ownership. Source, ownership, and use. Ownership. One word creates bondage in your life. One word. Mine. Two words can create freedom. Not mine. 
What we call the law of circulation is an ancient practice, and I'm going to give you a little reading. I have found it meaningful. <clears throat> it's from a different tradition, but the truth is the truth in all traditions. This is a Hindu reading, and it contains the word guru. Don't get that word has many meanings. What it means in this context is the one who dispels darkness, the indwelling one, what we might call Christ consciousness in this tradition. This is about Dakshina, a love offering. For a thousand years, seekers have been making offerings to spiritual masters out of love, respect, and gratitude. The Rig Veda, an ancient scripture, when we offer to a great being with reverence, what comes back is a portion of the guru essence. So offering, a love offering, creates a direct and ongoing connection with the source of grace. It allows us to participate in a universal cycle of giving and receiving and connects us with our own inner state of generosity. As we express generosity of the spirit, we experience a world that is generous in return. When we express generosity, we experience a world that is generous in return. The true essence of a love offering is that it's offered with an open heart and a pure feeling. It is not the amount given, but the feeling with which it is offered that bears the fruit. You give the offering out of love for the teaching and so that the teaching may continue and the teachers do not suffer. No amount is an amount paid for knowledge. We would call this in our tradition the law of circulation. We express generosity. We experience a generous world in return. My point, you cannot hoard your way to generosity. Third, its use. Money's source, its ownership, and its use. To me, I've heard that the proper use of money is for two things. One, for the good of many, for the good of many people, and two, to further spiritual progress. Peace, serenity, living in the flow, your spiritual progress. For me, I've decided some time ago that I want to be a giver to life. That is actually my intention to be generous. At Unity, we would say the same thing by saying it is our vision for the good of many. Is Unity's vision to create Centered in spirit, we celebrate a world transformed by love, peace, and compassion. We transform a world. And the second thing, to further our spiritual progress, we are a vibrant, prosperous spiritual community, inspiring and empowering full expression of the divine within through prayer, education, and service. That is the heart of the matter. So simply said, why I give, source, ownership, and use, source, Find your source. I know mine. I've tried every other source. God is my source. There is no second. Second is ownership. I've come to understand circulation and flow, and I've really come to understand that you have to actually give to receive, that you actually can't wait to receive to give, that it works the other way around. And finally, use. Use your money for good. Use it for good. In my other role, so that's why I give. 
the source, ownership, and use. In my other role, I'm the treasurer. I serve here on the Board of Trustees as treasurer. And I just want to encourage you to continue the teachings and supporting the teachers here at Unity in Minneapolis. We literally bank on your generosity, okay? We do. We literally bank on your generosity. We thank you. I sincerely appreciate you. And anything you can do out of love is sincerely appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. We do invite you to make a year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis if you want to continue to support our vision and mission. I'm going to invite our on-duty prayer chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early. They held space for us. They're here to be of service, to hold what they hear from you in the strictest of confidence, to pray with you out loud. Uh, thank you for being of service to us today. You can be seated. I think we have children out there. Let's invite them in. Cassidy is on vacation, and she'll be back this week. And I want to just share a little bit about what we did upstairs with the young children. So you know how kids can be super energetic, and they can jump and run and shout. But there's also things they can do to just be really mindful and peaceful. And I'm going to recommend two things that really worked well in our classrooms today. One is a Zen sand garden. These guys loved it, and there's infinite amount of ways you can design it. And I got this on Amazon. <laughs> and we have a book called I Am Peace. And this book is in our bookstore, available for purchase. And I also hope that you're all going to come back next Sunday to celebrate all together now with us, right? right. All families together in the sanctuary. And then I just want to remind you, there's also poinsettia sales for the YOU fundraiser out in Garden Court. So thanks for bringing your kids today. Thank you very much. I have a feeling these little ones can teach us a thing or two about play. <laughs> Please join us in our prayer for protection and our peace song. But before we do that, let's appreciate our adult volunteers. All right, prayer for protection. The light God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is divine and all is well.
Barbie, that should tell you a lot. Oh, yeah. 